0: Okay, so my first comment about Chapter Five is uh, when the Duke is flying the ornithopter. How does he know how to do that? They don't have ornithopters on Caladan. Oh, I think he learned at
1: the Academy of
0: Mister Stigler.
1: Mister flew the helicopter. <laughs>
0: A gum jabber with the Moa Dweebs. A Melange Autois. This is our Dune podcast, both thorough and flippant. We are your three hosts, Alec Boyle, Lily Brislin, and Josh Stevens. My name is Alec Boyle. I am the neck fat suspenser equipped Baron Harkonnen of our podcast. Uh, Lily Brislin, you're the cranky tired one. Why don't you introduce yourself next?
1: That's Dr. Lily and Banana Brislin. Thank you, uh, Mr. Boyle Esquire. I, I am... believe you were a reverend mother as well. I am the reverend mother. Don't get it twisted. Don't make me gom jabber you. That's G-O-M-J-A-B-B-E-R. Find us on Instagram.
2: And I am Josh Stevens. I am our Gurney Halleck. And, uh, are you a fighting man? Oh, do you want me to fight for you? Tell me you want me to fight for you. I want to fight.
0: Let's get back to that episode, because I did not... That that exchange was too mask for me. I wait, 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 wait.
2: You're interrupting my introduction to skip to the end of the third chapter that we read today? Yes. You were the worst. We haven't, quote, we haven't even wrote a quote, read a quote yet.
0: Anyway, finish your introduction. Yeah, on, I was going to tell
2: everyone just like a little a little thing about me, and that is that in a former life, I lived off Groupon's for an entire year. <laughs>
0: Google true. it, folks. It that. happened. It happened. It's like crossing crossing that sand ridge in the desert, you know,
1: with nothing but chom script. <laughs>
2: That's right. I only had chom script, and uh, there
0: was definitely no rhythm to any of my walking. That is <laughs> pretty true. Uh, so just, let's get into it. Let's get into our first Wait, chapter.
1: Do you say what we do on this podcast? Did you say that?
0: He did. Sort of. Well, so we're reviewing Dune, three chapters at a time. We are looking for deeper insights. Some of them tend to be pretty academic, coming from the Dr. Reverend mother, Lily Banana <laughs> Uh Some of them are historical. I try to cover that as much as I can, although sometimes our audience points out when we miss anachronistic references and attribute them to the wrong thing. We've got some discussions we can have about that this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Josh sings pretty songs for us. I try. He's our gurney. And it it, 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 it alternates between reading way more and deeper than me and Lily and (laughs) not reading.
2: Okay, (laughs) I'm going to say I absolutely read all of these chapters. I read the first one three times, um, but it's been a couple of weeks since I read the second and the third one. So I, I just needed my memory refreshed a little bit. It's not that I didn't read I'm, them. Not that that hasn't happened in the, in the past. Okay. I'm not going to deny having <laughs> just, totally.
0: Yeah. So, okay. You alternate between high and low textualization weeks. Okay. That's all I'm going to say.
2: <laughs> okay. It's okay. I do other things.
0: Yeah. Uh, so my question though is, what do you despise? By this, are you truly known? From the Manual of Maudim by the Princess Um,
2: You know what I despise? I despise not knowing how to pronounce shit. And so (laughs) we are going to play a little game here, uh, folks. Um, This is our new segment. How the fuck do you say that? And (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you a character or a place... And you're both going to tell me how you think it's pronounced, and then we're going to talk about
0: uh, potentially I how... I was born to lose this game. Okay. <laughs> there, there, yes,
2: you, yes, yes, you were, Mr. Sididial. Here we go. Um, <laughs> the The first one I want to throw at you here today is... Oh, yeah, we're going to need books
0: for this, aren't we? Because you can't... The, the real name for the planet Dune. Oh. Interesting. So, it is... I have always said Arrakis. Say it again? Arrakis. And Lily?
1: Arrakis?
0: But, hang on, now that you're asking, I wonder if it's like is. Uh. Right? Like the spirit? Alright, you got me thinking. You got me thinking. Lay out the truth.
2: So, um, you can hear... There's there's some videos on YouTube where you can actually hear... um, Frank saying these words, and he pronounced what? it, yeah, a lot like you did, Alec. Arrakis. Almost like a rock.
0: Because a rock, being the name of a spirit, probably involves a water word, right? And I bet the name of the planet, he also chose to have something to do with water, because that was the kind of shit he was real into.
2: Right, I mean, just to be clear, it's not... Arrakis with an A, you wouldn't right. say it with that with that A sound. Um, I mean,
1: I would. To be right. clear, <laughs> well, <laughs> despite you... living in Kentucky for 10 years, I'm still thoroughly Midwestern. Arrakis.
0: Yeah, let get those nasal A's. <laughs> Arrakis.
2: <laughs> Arrakis. But um, okay. like
0: Iskabe. Iskabe, Gaelic for whiskey, is just water of life. And Arak is a spirit traditionally distilled from uh, palm sugar in uh, Indonesia and along the Indian Ocean coast. Well, thank you for that.
1: Yeah, Weird flex, but cool, Alec. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, it's technically considered a rum, and that's why I know <laughs> Okay, it. speaking of flexing,
2: the Duke. Let's say his first name. Lily, you first. Duke. No, it's his first. Duke
1: Leto. Is his name Duke Duke Leto?
2: No. Duke Duke. He's Duke Duke. Duke Duke Dookie. Duke
1: um, Duke
2: <laughs> Leto. I say Leto. Okay. It is... So Alec got the first point. Uh, Lily got oh the second my God. point here. <laughs> oh my it God. is Leto.
1: His name is Leto Atreides. I just... I, <laughs> I don't know. Why,
0: Why are, are you... I did about
1: his last name. Being... Atreides. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that was the next one She thought one we his name, she thought was, his Duke name was Duke Duke Leto, and then <laughs> Atreides <laughs> was just hanging out in the room.
1: I just never thought about it, but I it last name. <laughs>
0: like, Duke Leto was his
2: first and last name? <laughs> yeah, Duke Duke Leto. Oh, no, I
1: knew he was Duke. I knew he was a Duke. I knew his name wasn't Duke, but I just... <laughs>
2: Okay, well let's go to that last name that you just realized existed. Uh how did you say <laughs> it again? Mmm.
1: Atreides. Oh, yeah,
0: I thought Without, without, say the, Atreides la- Atreides without too. the laughter. What'd
2: you say,
1: Alec? let Alec do it.
0: Atreides. We say it the same way. Okay.
2: Uh apparently it's Atreides.
0: Now no, no. I gotta tell Frank to stuff that shit up his uh Northwestern butt. It's Atreides. Hell Atreides. Atreides. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. okay. Well, this, is, this is a Minnesota supper club. We say Atreides.
2: <laughs> there you go. Okay, and then how do you
0: say their um, their mortal enemies' last name? Mm, interesting. Okay. Again, I'm going to disagree. I can already tell my prescience, my my sense, right? My
1: uh, <laughs> your terrible purpose. Yeah, my terrible
0: purpose tells me that you're going to say it's pronounced Harkonnen, and I think it's Harkonnen. Well, it's
2: specifically that we grew up saying it wrong. <laughs> It is <laughs> apparently Harkonnen. No, that's
0: just I, no, we were right. I hate it. I hate the it. author was wrong.
2: I, I'm with you here. I, I hate it um, because I think we grew up this way. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been listening to the audio audiobook and that's how they say it is Harkonnen. And that's what got me thinking about it in the first place. Um, yeah, it's hard to change your ways sometimes, I, isn't I it? I feel
0: like there's some deep dives to actually be done on this, right? Because... Um, one of the things that me and Josh discovered in between episodes was that a lot well I'm lying one of the things that Josh discovered in between episodes (laughs) uh, but then we split the labor of diving deeper on was that basically all this shit that Frank pulled for his crush on uh, Islamic culture right which I understand is a way too shallow blanket term, but comes from this woman's travel memoir of going to Georgia and the Caucasus uh in the nineteenth century? Yeah, nineteenth century. Late nineteenth, early twentieth century. And it's this sort of travel memoir slash history book all about this uh this bay in the Caucasus B E Y. Who, I was like, B-A-E, who? She got a bae? <laughs> who. Ooh, I wonder what the etymology world's collide is there. Who basically fought off Russian imperialism uh, right in what is sort of now Chechnya and Georgia. And he borrowed so many of the words in Doom from just this one book. So many. So it's it's like it's like a literal, he was just like, I have a crush on this anus tent I invented. Uh, and i really like this travel book let me just merge them together uh and so a lot of these things so like um the sardukar is knee is a ripoff of some russian term sir like an underboss Siridar,
2: and that actually comes up
0: in these three chapters when, yeah it does because um the, the, the beast Raban. the beast is the serious yeah
2: mm-hmm.
0: well look at let's get into i read the quote who want, Josh, this is the chapter you know best. You were stuck doing the 30 seconds on it. That's fine. This, is the, this
2: I think, was the longest chapter here, so um, don't hold me to 30 seconds. But basically, we've longest got... Longest
0: in word count, shortest in being interesting.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I agree. Um, I've got quite a few notes on this chapter, but... No, I guess
0: because it's a good chapter. Okay. It was fun to read. The other two are hot garbage.
2: Oh, come on. Yeah. All right. We'll get there. So, we've got the Baron, and I think this is the chapter where the Baron uh, kind of loses some of his edge. Um, He really, Mm. you really get to kind of see some of his flaws. Yeah, but basically it's the Baron, and he is talking to his captain of the guard, Nafud, who comes in and gives him some very bad news. Um, and he tells him, you know, could you give me the good news, the bad news in a good way? Maybe it won't sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he, he yells at Nafud for giving it to him wrong. Um, and you know, he's kind of in, he's kind of having a ducal mood. And then, um, he sends Nafud out of the room after he tells him all about how the, um, uh, the Fremen killed a whole bunch of Sardaukar, about how Thupper Howitt was captured. Um, and it's a lot of what the Baron thinks about the people he's talking to. Um, basically, he he realizes he's got a whole bunch of chickens and uh, sycophants around him, and he likes to comment on it in his brain. And then he tells Nefu to make sure he goes and gets Howit and make sure it looks like an accident so that he can get the formidable Thufer Howit for himself. Uh, then he gets. Oh, and he tells uh, he tells him to kill Kynes as well. Then we end up with uh, the Beast Raban coming in and being very upset that the Baron doesn't leave a chair for him to sit in. Then that was real funny. They have a, <laughs> then they have a conversation where uh, the Baron kind of grills the Beast about some stuff and every answer is wrong. And uh, he basically is just trying to intimidate him while then also telling him the good news that he's going to be running um, Arrakis again. And that he needs to squeeze Arrakis for every penny, it's for every drop of spice that it's worth, because this most recent invasion cost him about sixty years' worth of um, of spice script. And um, <laughs> then they get they get into this whole thing about how they need to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and be ruthless but the, some of the minutiae behind how ruthless and what type of ruthlessness. And I think that's that's it, right? I mean...
1: Well, we learned that um, Fane is his darling boy and he can't wait for him to... Yeah, he, well, yeah. He, 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 he told... We, we
2: were told about this earlier. Um, the Baron kind of already revealed the plan that he was going to send the Beast to uh, do his thing, piss everybody off so that he can then have the Beast killed and then... Uh, send in the Savior, uh, Fade Ralph.
1: So I have right. three points. First about... question. Yeah, let's go, Lily. I don't care, Alec. I First know. question. <laughs> Lily,
2: you're more important. Go.
1: Thank you. We all <laughs> know that. If someone gave you the nickname, The Beast, how would you feel about it? Would you embrace it? Would you reject it? Would you pretend like you were into it, but secretly feel bad about it? Worlds collide. <gasps> I don't what? know. In high school, well, that
2: was a pretty freaking cool nickname.
0: Yeah, so where the right? worlds collide is that at one point, me and Josh lived in an apartment. Uh, and no, in fact, it was called that, right? It was called... Yeah, we were the Beast. We lived, lived in the lived Beast. We lived in an apartment that we called the Beast. Because yep. we had other <laughs> friends who lived in an apartment that we called the Bucket, which is all a Battlestar Galactica reference, where the old <laughs> ship is the Bucket and the new one's the Beast. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I did think about that quite a bit, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, I My points that I wanted to bring up were, uh, I hadn't noticed it, but that moment, or I hadn't made the connection initially, but that moment where he's like, God, my uncle's such an asshole for getting rid of all the chairs. Mm-hmm. is actually like, oh yeah, everybody has met some... Like executive douchebag at some point in their life, right? Who's like, "There's no chairs in my office."
1: No chairs in meetings. Everybody
0: stands for
1: focus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all for intimidation, clearly. But yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, the bear not standing. He's he's got his balls in his own yeah, comfortable he's like Spencer sack. Yes. <laughs> That's why it's an even better power move. Like I, I love the Baron. Man. He's I do have to say a though, I agree with villain.
0: I agree with Josh that the Baron loses some of his mystique in this chapter. He feels more flailly and aggressive, right? It's not even that, and I'm I'm gonna prove it to you. Okay. But let's let's get to some other Say stuff. Words,
2: I, I'm gonna, I'll We'll end we'll end the chapter with uh, with me proving wrong.
0: Oh, okay. You've got some good. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. something in italics that you've interpreted better than You me. know, I have
2: it in italics from listening to it, and I literally have to look in the book to see if it's actually in italics, but I bet it is.
0: I think the other, the major thing that happens in this chapter is, and actually one of the one of the Dune meme accounts already pointed this out, right? But the whole time that the Dune had Piter, he was like, Piter, you're such a shitty mentat when Piter was in fact a pretty good mentat the and then he gets ac- sorry yeah and then he gets access to Thufir Howard. and he like fucking creams his pants over the possibility of getting <laughs> Thufir Howard, right and it's like yeah. Thufir's not good at his job and and, and that, that's fact, actually one of my comments yeah absolutely the fact that he's still convinced that Jessica was the traitor should tell you you do not want Thufer Howitt as your mentor.
2: I've got that on paper. And and I can defend I can defend that, um, a little bit because the Baron defends that, um, in his mind at least, by saying that the Duke could not did not have the resources to give Thufer Howitt the inputs that would give him the right conclusions.
0: Uh, yes, agreed. I also want to talk about can we talk financially about what does it mean to spend 60 years revenue on a project right like out of
2: 80 right they were there for 80 <laughs> years he spent 75 percent of everything he ever made on Arrakis. but I mean he must assume that he's going to keep it much longer than that um going
0: forward. well he thinks he's gonna become emperor somehow well not or he him. thinks fade right he thinks fade is gonna become emperor through this. now
2: let's let's talk about that real quick because how is Fade related to him?
0: He is his nephew. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so that was why he makes the comment. Um, About how hot Fade is? Yes. was <laughs> what I was going to get to. Let me see if it's in italics. You guys keep going.
1: I feel like Frank like wants to have a robust, and granted when this was written, the advent of sort of the contemporary global capitalist system's was not the same, obviously, as it is now. Yeah, and in but fact, I, I the-
0: think, I just want to exa- expand on what I think you're saying there. It was much more woo-woo at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. Right? It was much <laughs> less stats-based and much more just like, we'll figure it out later.
1: Yes. And and still in an area of, like, colonialist natural resource extraction. But it was starting to crumble, right? About at this point, right? So maybe he's like sort of thinking through that, but... Like, ducal houses as, or baron. Wait, wait a minute. What's what's more, a duke or a baron?
0: I believe in the traditional hierarchy, dukes outrank barons. Right? At least in England, a duke is the highest title you can hold below prince. And prince isn't really a title, right? Prince is just a designation. Okay. And so then was- king.
1: Oh, so why did the Baron have a anyway? All right, I never thought about that before. Things I don't think about. But so but, these like on, great I... houses, no. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead.
0: I don't think they exist actually in the same feudal system.
2: That's what I was gonna say. Is I think they're equivalent for where they live.
1: But so why use the words? I don't know.
0: But well,
2: like I mean, my understanding different actually words is for that it, like, all over our like, country, like all over
0: our place, England uses dukes and earls. Uh, France uses dukes and counts, right? Oh. And barons are more of a, a central and southern Europe thing. But a, I and don't they, said really the, know. they said what the
2: Raban's they said what Raban's title was when he was Siridar. I forget what it was. He's though. a Siridar. No, it had an it had another title for him that would go along with Baron. Okay. Damn it.
1: What I'm asking about here is the return on investment horizon for 60 years worth of spice bucks and (laughs) thinking of houses (laughs) as capitalist corporate enterprises. What is the debt structure? Like what is the speculative capital like in the Padasha empire?
0: Especially in a world where the Baron says, no, I need those cannons back. I'm going to recycle the metal. Yeah, that was such it's, a weird detail. It makes more
1: sense if like money is much more liquid, and he just like has liquid assets, but mostly credit assets, and it's always, right. And it's like, not um, really worth, worth that life. much. And
0: it turns out like the five tons of steel from those guns
1: is very valuable for some reason. Yeah, but very like underdeveloped. I, I mean, I can't. I don't have a very developed understanding. But even this is sort of like, well, how? He's, like, scrapping, right? He's just going to pull the pipes out of the, the copper yeah. pipes out of <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs>
0: sorry, Urban, I need those pipes. <laughs> I've got to install them in the palace on the other side of the galaxy because we have interstellar travel and a metal shortage. <laughs> I did think that was funny. Um... I mean, maybe they do, right? Maybe there's some other, maybe the machine revolts. The machines ate all the metal. I don't know, but it more seems like sloppy sci-fi to me.
1: With you, um, I think there's a theme throughout these three chapters, but also that we've touched on earlier about uh, revenge and this like obsession with revenge and mm. revenge's folly. So, and so on, the Baron says that after he says that, you um, know, merciless fists to rule Arrakis, which also sounds like. I don't know. I was going to say, does it sound like the um, Atreides? No. They wanted the feminine wiles. You need to know how to set a good tea table. And you do all these things and you can beat people. But I wouldn't have thought that the Harkonnens would say a merciless fist. I would have thought that they were like I don't. Yeah. I think
0: it's that's like, an. I think he doesn't. He just wants the beast to be a merciless fist, so that when Fade finally yes, brings some right. lube to the table, he's setting up oh. the beast
2: to be to be a total Ew. dick, right? He wants the beast to be Ew, hated universally. Um, okay,
1: yeah. you're so right. But my point about revenge before I forget about it. Mm-hmm. So um, slaves, envious of their masters, and waiting only for the opportunity to rebel. And this has come up earlier, and I still reject it. I think. This idea that enslaved people are envious of their masters is maybe bullshit. Like they, I would, I, I don't know. I have not been enslaved. I do not come from a, I'm not a descendant of enslaved people, but I think they want fucking freedom. And yeah, and maybe some maybe revenge. the opportunity to bell holy. But this this idea that like no, they they're jealous of us. That's what envy is like. Gross in this section. And it, it comes up in a, So I would just like to return to that when we get to the other chapters of like the role that this obsession with revenge and um, plays throughout this.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I okay. mean, it comes up again in the other chapters as well. Um, so I'm very sad to see that this line is not in italics. I still think it follows the pattern in terms of it <laughs> being something that's said uh, and it's not the way it's <laughs> going to play out, um, where he talks about how one day Harkonnen will be emperor. Not himself, and no spawn of his Mm. loins. Um, And maybe it's not an italics because it's partially true.
0: Oh, okay. Right, it's not him. It's not not him and it's
2: not Fade, right?
0: But it is a... Right. But it is a spawn of his loins.
2: So he gets the Arconian part right, but the the not spawn of his loins wrong, right? So there's kind of an interesting... uh,
0: Oh, yeah, that's real funny. Hmm. So the way out. he it's got his it. wish, he just should have sucked mm-hmm. it up. Alright.
1: Alright, last thing on this chapter. Uh we get reminded that they're talking about uh Liet, I think. And should we should we kill the planetologist? And they're like, Oh, he's a wild card. he can do what he wants and they've make all these plans to kill him. He's like, No, no, no. Um He's, he can't leave. He can't fuck off and go somewhere else. He's addicted to the spice. And I, I forget about that. And it's good to be reminded of it. Like, oh, they're like mm-hmm. stuck on Arrakis. And then the bear is like, oh, by the way, <laughs> my side stash is depleted. You need to hook me up right away. And so yeah. I love that. The only detail. smart like, thing the
0: Israelis ever did was blow up my drugs. So who did yeah, that? Like, do you remember who was sent to do that? I think it was... Well, if it was any character, it was Duncan, but it might have just been a generic unit of suicide uh, Mm. Atreides troops.
2: Maybe, yeah, I
0: was. But
1: it also explains like the Baron's undying obsession with controlling Arrakis. Right, he could move on to other capitalist conquests and other things. Like, so maybe Arrakis means something because. He who controls the spice controls the universe. But also, like, he's he is an addict. And so I'm curious to move forward thinking about like addict brain. Oh! And so maybe does some of his like somewhat erratic like inconsistency in this chapter speak to the fact that he is like fiending?
2: Well, he said he still had enough of his own stash. It just wasn't gonna last very long.
1: But hang on. Actually, hang on. This this,
0: well, it's okay because there's nothing worth talking about in the other two chapters. But one of the other things I wanted to talk about was his whole description of He's got so he brought this frigate he landed it right, he brought a warship he landed it on the surface of the planet decorated it like a dorm room right <laughs> he, he talks about he's how got it's got
1: like he's got the celtic curtains knot everywhere. tapestry yes. he's got a beanbag
0: and then so the <laughs> thing that you got to remember is it's not that he's fiending, is that he's finally cruising for the first time in months right cuz the air is spice here Mm. Right? Mm. So it's been months Since the Atreides blew up his supply And now that he's on planet All he has to do is hang out In his, you know, den of iniquity uh, <laughs> Pete That's Hall for floor four At Beloit College, right? Just like <laughs> uh, and I was
1: Pete Hall's second floor, man
0: <laughs> Right, well Pete This was a dorm at the college That me and Lily Brislin went to undergrad in Where basically it was the drug dorm, and as you went up the floors, it got druggier, and I just have this real distinct memory of going up to hang out with somebody on the fourth floor of Pete once, and there were just, like, several people asleep on lounge couches in the middle of the afternoon. Every window had been curtained off with some sort of red fabric, and it just smelled like more drugs than you could ever possibly identify. Accurate. Uh...
2: So you remember last time I said I had something and I was going to save it for this time? No. Well, I did, and it I happened, do. <laughs> and it was it was really about um, why the hell does the Baron want Thufir Howitt, right? Because he's pretty much okay. useless. Um, so we kind of already covered it because you 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 made that point. Um, but there's this line in here where um, Raban kind of laughs about the Baron obliterating. Um Peter and uh-huh. then the bear says, You think I'm stupid, right? Why would I why would I do that, right? And um in this same scene, he says is it creaming himself over how it and also on the other hand saying
1: Please stop creaming and okay.
2: kill kill kinds immediately. Which would be obliterating someone who could be very useful to him. Maybe one of the most useful people on the planet. And um, this is really where I think he's starting to show additional major miscalculations.
0: Yeah, wooing kinds yeah, would have been infinitely more valuable than wooing Thu for Howitt.
2: Right. And he thinks that Howitt can be wooed. I honestly don't remember, but I don't think he can be. I mean, you may convince him to not die because he's gonna you know hold something (laughs) over he's gonna hold this antidote over his head but uh i'm not sure how it gives a shit
0: okay yeah those are all good points uh i think that josh you should read the next quote and lily should 30 second the chapter Oof, okay uh unless you want to talk about gurney halleck and his fighting man no okay that's Um, what i figured so go ahead Let me just
2: make sure I got through my yeah, I got through all my all my notes, especially the one about the loins. So we're good. All right, <laughs> quote. Um God, I love this quote. At the age of 15, he had already learned silence from A Child's History of Maudib by the Princess Irulan.
0: We need no, a he gif. Didn't. We need a gif of me and Lily simultaneously here's shaking why, our heads. And here's
2: why I love this quote. it's really more just a dream of a father with a with a nearly four year old.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta say,
0: I mean, this is like. <clears throat> This is evidence for like a whole new theory that whatever they say in the fucking quote doesn't come true in the chapter because Paul does not shut up, and everything <laughs> he says is
1: awful. All right, thirty <sighs> second rundown to prove Alec right. We chapter opens. They're still in the dust tornado, dust hurricane, sandstorm, and um, Paul's trying to control it. His mom's over there being all quiet. He he's and he says. I must find the right vortex. Um, And then he lurches over to the vortex and smiles like, Oh my god, don't do that, Paul! Uh, Jessica is... And then they are disgorged by the vortex. (laughs) And Jessica, it says, she felt reborn. Uh, (laughs) So some some weird stuff that happens right away. And don't forget the litany Um, they talk about the magic of the litany they've been doing the the fear is the mind killer and they're saying there's some magic in it which i i don't know it feels a little unnecessary there's enough magic in this book but maybe there is magic in the litany the words have a power of their own then uh they crash land over descriptions of flying mechanics and physics i don't care i don't care (laughs) then they have to jump out and run 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 because here comes Hulu. I don't know Hulu. Wait, this big old worm comes. Pause right
2: there, because that brings us to right in the middle of the quote. It brings us to a segment that you created for us, Lily. All right. Oh no. It brings us to a Do you know? Oh, do you, God, know, what do you it? know what this segment is?
1: No, I have no idea. <laughs>
2: this this segment is nature. Damn it. <laughs> 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 Okay. So tell us what happens in nature, damn it.
1: The worm comes. Eats the whole damn ship. (laughs) Then they run away. And they're running through sand. And it sucks. You get sand in your chacos. You get a little rock in your chacos. You get them in your your Fremen shows. That works. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. (laughs) And they run to the rock. And then they gotta run more. And he's like, run more, mom. She's like, I'm tired. I can't breathe! And and then they keep pushing because you have to run at night? I don't know. And then eventually they stop. So is there more to Nature Dammit?
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure this whole chapter is Nature Dammit, but I just didn't want to...
1: The whole thing's Nature Dammit. Okay, so here's the rest of Nature Dammit. They run on the rocks, they stop on the rocks. They run on the rocks, they stop on the rocks. They're trying to figure it out. They look over. There's a whole other canyon to get across. All right, they look across. There's the canyon. They, they gotta uh, get down, so make camp so they can get across the canyon at night. Or get, get across the canyon the next night. But they slide down some sand. There's a sandfall. Nature, damn it. Nature, damn it. And Paul's like, oh. I bear my mom. It's okay. <laughs> She'll put herself into a catatonic state immediately. <laughs> and he's like, do, 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 do. Gonna dig my mom out. It's fine. So he takes his mom out of a sand avalanche. And she's like, oh, thanks. Oh. And then, he's so mad because of getting his mom out and getting Jessica out of the sand avalanche, he leaves the pack behind. And I could totally imagine me being like, oh, my, my my, space bag and my picture feature tech. It was his wow, Fremtech.
2: A- it was his Fremtech <laughs> bag.
1: All I got is this compass and this thermos or <laughs> anything else. And so then, they, <gasps> he does some MacGyver shit and gets the... Bag out by again sacrificing his mom to the sand avalanche, nature, damn it! Damn it! And then, that's it. That's it. This is a dumb chapter. <laughs> End of rundown. I
0: hard agree. I here's my theory. My so here's my my first point is the nexus of this chapter is the fucking spraying foam onto the sand so he can anchor it. My theory about the chapter is that there's some fucking animal in the sand dunes of Oregon that, like, spits on sand to hold it in place while it digs its hole, and Frank was like, I gotta tell people!
1: I, Alec, had exactly the same intuition. I wrote down, what the hell is the point of this? like, showing off sand knowledge. Is this... Yeah, there's something that this is, like, for his buddies that lived with him over in Florence, Oregon, or wherever they were, probably Florence. This is some bullshit. Except for, all over the place, Jessica obeyed. This is a continuance of the, like... Sphincter Tent Part Three, where it's just like Paul bossing his mom around, and Jessica being like, "I obey my son. I sacrifice myself to the sand avalanche and and go into ketosis." And and again, he yeah. at
0: no point shuts up in this <laughs> <little say> ketosis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I <laughs> so
1: <laughs>
2: oh bindu suspension. That was her canitotic state. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I. I was I was enjoying the um, the suspense of the chapter. I particularly liked when Paul gets reeled down on himself for making a mistake. I mean, here you've got a Benny Jesuit trained mentat that is all up on the spice, right?
1: More than mentat. More. He's very clear on that. More. Right, more, than more than
2: mentat. mentat. And. And a freak who could potentially go head to head with the navigators, right? Like this is the dude who's got <laughs> it all down. He miscalculates a sand avalanche that buries his mother and their pack. <laughs> um, yeah. And this all happened yeah, just because he right. climbed out of the he climbed out of the tent too fast or something.
0: No, no, no he 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 hung ten. He sand surfed and thought it would be fine, but it destroyed this Yeah, like, whole... we could just
1: slide down this and get down there, and it was like, ah,
0: Yeah. I, I you just make liked... a good
1: point, though, Dash It shows, like, the ways that he's fallible. I do love at the end, though, so, like, she does all that. Jessica obeys. She, like, does her Bindu thing. She's like, yeah, sure, bury me in the sand a second time, and at the end, they get through it. They're ready. She's like, okay, you're gonna get your ass in that tent, and we're gonna do some more training. He's like, I don't need any more training! She's like, no, you need to do handwork. Your shit is sloppy. You know, you need you need actual control. Let me teach you. Let me tell you about this. And he's like, mm, I can't work. No, you have a quiz and then, Like at it satirac. closes. Like the end of the scene is like Polly like crawling into the tent sphincter and it closing behind him. He's I don't want to, to, to go his his home
2: to home. school, Mom. I've been going to school for <laughs> <That> fifteen also, <laughs> years.
1: That
0: also just made me reinterpret that whole thing in whatever the last Jessica Paul chapter was, where he's like, I'm not the quizet etc I'm something <laughs> better. <laughs> and then this chapter is
2: like, oh, I totally fucked that up. But I am the quiz that Sarah It doesn't matter. I don't need more training.
1: I don't need to do hand work. You do hand work, mom.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Ew. This, so I was listening to Ew. another
2: Dune podcast this week. Um, and
1: There are other Dune podcasts?
2: Yeah. Um uh, I think we need to form... Y'all. We need to form a council, like maybe like a a Pod's rad, a Landsrad, yeah,
1: a Pod's rad,
2: <laughs> Pod's rad, um, and pods-rad. so I think this was Spice World I was listening to, um, but it could have been, could have been. I listened to two actually. I, I I wish I could remember which one made this point here. I think it was uh, Spice World where they were talking about how Paul literally grew up for fifteen years on Caledon without a single friend. His own age. Like, literally no oh.
0: socialization
2: whatsoever. He had his daddies on daddies on daddies on daddies and his mommies. <laughs> and that was it. So um, he's the ultimate Also, he's like the kid.
1: homeschooled kid. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I wanted to get some of your thoughts on this, Alec. I mean, does he behave like a homeschool kid? Because you were homeschooled for the better part of your childhood. Yeah, right. And
1: I then, like, did not know
0: this. But oh, yeah. I mean, A, I had more friends than Paul, right? But, like, I could Way more, yeah. see how... You had me. I mean, come on. Right. And then I had... And then I quit earlier than him, right? But I could totally see how one raised in just isolation with a parade of daddies would end up behaving like Paul. I yeah. Think it makes okay, here's the game of the world sense. of Clyde
1: I'm willing to entertain is who's the really shitty kid that's um, at the... Oh, the Lannister. You know, um... No, 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 no. No, no, Josh, um, just let her finish. Catelyn Stark's sister, oh. and then...
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet Aaron. Robin. That shitty little Aaron, guy. Robin, sweet Aaron. Robin,
1: yeah. So creepy. Mm-hmm. Is Paul like him? Paul is kind of
0: like him. So Except yeah. Paul is actually a little more capable, which actually makes me now wonder, is Robin Aaron supposed to be like a parody Paul Atreides? <laughs> oh, boy. Is that the worlds collide here? As George R. R. No. Martin was like, no, whoa, "That whoa, kid whoa, 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 would whoa. be awful." No, no <laughs> way.
2: We've already talked about how John is Paul. It's, we can't, we can't go back on this. I
1: think uh, no. I complex think enough, what was what's the mom's name? If she's Jessica, Catelyn Star, and then no, 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 You know no. about her sister? Sister,
0: yeah. I know. Um, I keep all I can think of is Edimer.
1: The Vale, the Lord of the Vale is dead. Right when they show up, like the Duke. Mm-hmm. And then the shitty little kid who's still on his mommy's titty. And, and he's like, I want to push him through the sky gate. Oh, Fly, little man. End of story.
0: What is her name?
1: What is the sister's name?
2: Erin.
0: That's her first
1: If you can remember this name, because yeah. we refuse to Google it, find us call at Gom Jabber, G-O-M-J-A-B-B-E-R. We'll, never, we'll on call
0: live on air. It's okay. All right. Uh, does anyone else have anything more to say about Frank Herbert flexing on sand knowledge for 400 pages? Of
1: it, it was Lisa Tully, this? by the it's way.
0: Like... There we go.
1: Lysa, the Tullys. Thank you. Yeah,
2: no problem. Um, yeah, let me go see. I think I had another note here. Ugh. Where did my notes go?
1: I regret. No, you we're moving me. on, Josh. No more notes. <laughs> Chapter three. Wait, no, Lily.
2: This is actually Chapter this is a shit. note to remind you. Um, you need to sing the theme song for this uh, this segment of Dune Dudes, Paul and his mommy, Dune Dudes.
1: Dune Dudes, Dune Dudes, dune around, it's a mommy time with the Dune Dudes. There you
0: go. Absolutely, that's what I needed. <laughs> our, our edge is really that we're such a musical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Brings in that crossover audience.
1: What's happening to this segment, Josh?
2: Oh, boy. I don't think anything
1: is happening. (laughs) Nothing's happening. He's just flipping through all his... Y'all can't see this. He's still got 1,500 little post-it notes (laughs) in his book that you can't see. He's like your grandpa trying to find a Werther's original in the bottom of his cardigan pocket.
2: That That was literally all I had for that chapter. This...
0: I wanted, doon dudes? Doon dudes. That's all I wanted was for you to do a, a little, a little Dune dudes, and then it's more of a, it's like a pop-up video thing, right? When a Dune dudes moment occurs, he just wants you to jump. You got to do your, mo- you got to
2: do your mo- like little montage scene while you sing the the, the song, right? They're...
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, got Lily, it. do
2: you want to read the quote on nine twenty-four? Oh, wait, wait. I lied. I, 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 I think we had, second. I think we might have had a, uh, God a sponsor. Damn it, Josh. We might have had a sponsor for this one. Um, it's a it's a quick one. We we're just supposed to mention their name, but this uh, this chapter was brought to us by uh, Scrubbing Bubbles. Thank you, Scrubbing Bubbles. You can use it for cleaning oh. and for uh, for keeping that sand in place while you dig down deep. Scrubbing Bubbles, yep. it's everything you need Scr- in the Scrubbing desert.
1: Scrubbing Bubbles, could you hear that?
0: I did. Yeah. It was great. That was great. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Blue Yeti. Okay. <clears throat> We came from Caladan, a paradise world, for our form of life. There existed no need on Caladan to build a physical paradise or a paradise of the mind. We could see the actuality all around us. And the price we paid was the price men have always paid for achieving a paradise in this life. We went soft. We lost our edge. From Conversations with Muadib by Princess Irulan. How much must he have sucked to have conversations with, you know? Like, he, he's never like, oh, that's so interesting, Paul. Like, tell me more. This is, yeah. Conversations is Irland. a
0: strong word, right? The book should be titled Getting Mansplained by the Maudip. <laughs> this is so
1: much more accurate. I mean, that book comes.
2: She writes that one, too. We just haven't gotten it's there true. yet. true. So she saves the that later... one for the, third, for the third part of the book. <laughs> it's just called Mansplaining by by Maudip.
0: <laughs> um i do think it's interesting i want to just out of hand and i feel like josh does too based on his reaction to some earlier quotes just be like god that's a shitty quote that's not how life works but lily i feel like in your dive into dunademia earlier this week you found like a whole paper that's about that literary theory right
1: Uh yes, about the hero's journey and our obsession with it. Are we talking? Well, no, the the, the
0: comfort it breeds this cyclical weakness, right? That was what you were texting us earlier today. I I got
1: I, yo, shout out if you are a Dune academic, hit me up, girl. Like there, I only had this like brief dive into the Google Scholar search for like Dune and feminism, Dune and ecology, and there's so many articles and they're so good. And, oh, The Law of Circular Avoidance. Yeah. From McLean. I totally knew how to say that. Uh, the human longing for absolutes, whether in terms of power, reason, goodness, or security, is doomed to failure because of any tendency carried to an extreme will eventually lead to its opposite. So this is McLean talking about Herbert's theory of it, which is more like... <laughs> What we might instead of saying Herbert's circular law of avoidance, we would call it the booty or boot camp theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is what we would call it. It is, yeah. <laughs> right. Perhaps our greatest <laughs> academic achievement
2: as a Caladan was booty triad, and uh, and Arrakis yeah. is uh, is boot camp.
1: Booty or boot camp? Yeah, totally agree. So I look forward to read other. Look forward to more. Uh, nerdy, nerd corner in the nerd world with Dr. Banana Brooks. Okay,
0: so the 30 seconds of this is, um, we cut a propos of nothing and without any real segue to Gurney Halleck hanging out with the smugglers. I guess we knew him and the smugglers had, like, a thing, but... Uh, and he's negotiating. So the the smuggler who he was close with is dead. We know that because shout out Mapes found his body in the hallway back when Yui did his
1: shout bad out.
0: Esmar Tuik, right? And so he's hanging out with the old dude's son.
1: Oh, thank you. I got real confused. Mm-hmm. Okay, so original smuggler dead with the shout out. Yes, R.I.P. And then. And now this is the sun. And then they basically
0: have this weird on and off dick measuring about who wants to kill Harkonnens more. Where are yes. like, we're like, cause it's weird. Cause it's like, Halleck's like, I really want to fucking kill Harkonnens. And then the sun is like, slow your roll, bro. We don't just kill Harkonnens, <laughs> but also by the way, I want to kill Harkonnens more than you do. Okay. And they just do that for like 10 pages. Right, then there's more like, uh, well, I want to help you kill
2: Harkonnens. Can I help you kill Harkonnens, please? <laughs>
0: no, 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 you can't help me kill Harkonnens.
2: You don't want me to help Until you to kill I Harkonnens? say we kill Harkonnens. Okay, so we're going to kill some Harkonnens, right?
1: Like, maybe there's some banter. Depends. I... Are you some sort of fighting man? Well, You're I think I am, but I also have my own men. man?
2: And my own men can decide if they want to fight Harkonnens. And maybe they do and maybe they don't, but I want to fight Harkonnens. That's pretty much the whole chapter, right?
1: Yeah that's literally the whole chapter
2: That's our reenactment
1: There's such like such a great moment of it It's just like how silly the whole thing is Of this back and forth And I don't even which of one of them is saying Oh it must be Halleck's like I release my men from any bond to me They can choose but with Raban here I stay And the smuggler says In your mood I'm not sure I want you to stay I'm like oh the Dune Moods If there's another segment that's not Dune Dudes It's Dune, Dune Moods, Moods. <laughs> Sponsored by What was that? Dunesta? No, what was Dukle Mood. Ducal mood. Dune Moods. Uh,
2: yeah. Sponsored speaking Ducal of Ducal speaking moods. of Dune Moods, there's a there's a quote here and taken out of context, I wanna know what you guys think about it. Is that the way the
0: Fremen make out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean the only way I can explain the linguistic density of this chapter is if they are flirting.
2: They kind yeah. of are murder flirting.
0: Yeah, I guess. It's like a weird... It's one of those... Because it
2: it actually ends with who's going to get revenge for their daddy's death.
0: Right. So the main question is what is the flag that hangs out the murder-flirt-daddy-revenge-gay-bar on Arrakis? (laughs) Right? What color are those stripes? What paw is imprinted on it? Yeah...
1: It's just like some keyword that so he says, uh, you saved me from Harkonnens. I gave loyalty to the I gave loyalty to the Duke Leto for no greater reason. I'll stay in Arrakis with you. Or with the Fremen. <laughs> He's like still trying to like hedge his bets. Eh. I, I just wanna defend why I forget that Leto's last name is Atreides. <laughs> <'cause>
2: <laughs> Duke Leto Duke.
1: I'm still embarrassed by it. Duke 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 Leto. Um but it's, then he like gives him his sword. Why does? What was the moment where he makes a decision and he holds his hand and out? And
0: then there's that wait, right, but there's that whole exchange where, he, where Gurney's like, "Oh, maybe I'll go to the fremen." He's like, "You don't want to go to the fremen. Fremen wouldn't like you." Yeah, He'll I don't like you that much, much either. Sign. But the fremen
1: would like you even less. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, and, and we bring back the theme of Arrakis as having agency, which is my theme that nobody else is that interested in. But it's like, you defeated him the way we defeat Arrakis. We live on sufferance down here. Gurney Halleck, to said, Arrakis is our enemy. And I just love these moments where the agency of place well, and so You I know why no one cares about agency. it?
2: Because you haven't named the segment. Mm.
1: Oh. Well, it could be nature, damn it. Gaia's.
0: <laughs> well, nature, da-
1: damn it. Say it. Reverend. The Reverend Gaia. Ooh, ooh, there's something. I'll work on it. I'll get back to you next. Reverend week. Mother But hey, I want to. Um,
0: I want to point behind. out when he says you defeated them the way we defeated uh Neither of them has defeated the person they claim to have anybody. defeated. I think that's right? what he's. I think that's what he's talking about. You've <laughs> survived
2: it. You're yeah. still here, plotting your revenge. That is how we defeat Arrakis. We is by surviving. That's by how you defeated the opponents. <laughs> yeah, you've uh, you're here to fight another day. And he even says, "I can't help you with tomorrow. I can only help you with today." And so they're saying, "It's a day by day struggle."
1: Over these three chapters, we see the remains of House Atreides scattered to the different classes on Arrakis. So, uh, oh, what's his face is mm-hmm. laughed up by the Baron. To the Baron, these guys, yeah. Uh, this dude's with, this dude dude's with the smugglers, right? Like the embedded petty bourgeois and then Paul and his mom are destined and Jessica. God, like she has lost her. My girl has lost. She's like, I obey, I obey. I'm like, Paul and his mom. This is his mom. No. Lady Jessica. So that was the, and
2: we we actually forgot the one line that, um, you guys yelled at me about last time, but it was when she tells him that she's, that when she says in her mind that she's scared of her son. I brought it up last time. It actually happened in this chapter here. Right. But yeah, I mean, she's basically been reduced to I'm just following around my son who scares me. Um. Yeah. It almost killed me. It's creepy. Yeah.
1: Ten times over. And I'm only living but, so to have his. Have I, I'm interested his to see sister. if and how and like how these different paths play out. So I think this is an interesting sort of colonialist exploration too, and like because the um. Smugglers, like we live like civilized men here, right? We just uh we live the lives of some civilized men. The Fremen are a few ragged bands that we use as spice hunters. It, not true. Uh, I mean, that's just again hubris, it's hubris, hubris, hubris throughout all three of these chapters. Well, that's a hard word to yeah, say. Yeah, what happened Maybe to what happened to
2: Paul's uh, prescient vision of the future? I mean,
1: he's in the valley, right? Remember that <laughs> chapter. Well, I also. Or he,
0: he, he, I also have They're like stagnation, Josh. I think there may be some actual, like decent sci-fi writing there, in that mainly he is right now concerned with plotting the paths of ten billion grains of sand. Which makes it very hard to focus on plotting the paths of the rest of the universe. Hmm. Right? Like he's just dealing with not getting murdered by sand and sand is a very complicated thing to try to understand. I don't know. It could be nothing. But I do think it's reasonable to be like, well, when you keep falling into, you know, avalanches, sand avalanches."
2: His spidey sense sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I am hopeful that the next set of chapters will be more, uh, I think Engaging? the real purpose or of this less chapter.
2: I, I think we missed the real purpose of this chapter, and that was to get the sense of where a bunch of other people, unrelated to like Paul and the Baron, right? Your your main main characters. Mm. We've got some some second level characters. What do they know about the current status of the fight, right? And
0: and how do they feel about it, right? They're just kind of like, yeah, it's over. Who cares?
2: Yeah, and this is where they yeah. they talk about um, they talk about who the spy is, right? Who who the who, who the traitor was, uh, and who thinks the traitor is Jessica, and who thinks the traitor is Howard, and um, again, no one mentioned yeah, Huey. No right. one mentioned well, right. And,
0: and the I like how the, the Baron, like, right back like in the first chapter, the Baron's like, "Oh, don't worry, I told the Emperor that I found the only fake guy right. Like. I just think it's wild that this training, in, the emperor would buy, that this training wasn't breakable, but some of the trainers happened to not notice that someone lied about being trained, right? Like, right. That is just as that as big of a are flaw, so great. Right? But it's
1: like, oh yeah, just give them bad inputs, and then you can manipulate them however you want. It's like, okay, so are they great? Or are they not great? They're not great. I
0: stick with my dune conspiracy that soup school conditioning is garbage i i like it they're this is phony. this is this goes back to the
2: whole frank tells you something the way it is and that's not the way it is um i, I think you're both right um hey. what i want to know is what does it say about the Benny Jesuit?
1: they're fucking badass oh
0: interesting but they also claim a lot of things as absolutes that maybe are not accurate
2: Do we have any examples yet? Anything that they've said or done that is just categorically false um, or everyone has this image of them and they have this image of them and it's not actually that
0: way? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's something we should get into later. I think, yeah, they... Worth considering.
2: Let's look for it because we found it with basically everything else.
0: Well, they're going to be... Only on page indirectly for a while now. But actually, I think a lot of what they do in the universe is indirect anyway. So mm-hmm. we, we should have some stuff to feed on.
2: I mean, anyway, maybe that's... it has to do with this genetic program.
0: Right. The... Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. The
0: pairing of Harkonnens and the
1: Great Danes. Hey, well, join us in a couple weeks when we explore those themes more. And I delve deep into Ursula Le Guin's carrier bag theory of science fiction because I can.
2: Carrier bags <laughs> with a Z,
0: like space bags.
1: Yes. What do you put in your space bag? The carrier bag theory of fiction. Oh,
0: yeah, and I'll do my like, <laughs> world's collide with space bags next week. You got to tune in, motherfuckers, because I'm not talking about it this time. <laughs> and our uh,
1: tens of listeners, we love you. Find us at comjabber.com. Jabber. Hit us up. Send us your Dune That's
0: G O M J A B B E R all over social networks. Uh, we know it can be kind of a challenge to find us because we didn't think about the way that Google autocorrects when we came up with a name for
1: our podcast. Because it's such a good name. So
2: I'll send us. I'll send us out with uh, one piece of the narrative that we didn't talk about, and that is uh, when someone comes to uh, Gurney Hallick and yeah, says, "Your your man is dying." And uh, all he really wants is for you to play him a tune. And if you stick around for the outro, we should
0: have a tune for you. All right. That was great. See you all next week.
1: Later, nerds.
2: Stands at her window Curved lines against square glass For me For me The warm arms of my lass For me The warm arms of my lass For me The warm arms of my lass